Just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, Associate Editor at KCSoccerJournal.com, who's going to take you a bit more in-depth. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, timeless Sheena Smith, who gives us that more casual perspective. She and I broke the rules of intros and gave you a wrestling nickname because we went to wrestling. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm excited to be back in the podcast world. Had a bit of a delay. Let's talk about what's on the episode, and we'll tell you why we had a delay. Uh, Sporting KC, we're going to play fantasy sporting director for them on today's episode. We're going to make some roster decisions, cut some players, re-sign some people. It'd be good times. We're going to talk about the KC... Uh, the Soccer Pitch Black Awards, I don't even know what you call that, were the end-of-season awards for Sporting Kansas City, who we voted for, who won. The KC Current had a draw, and then we're also going to do the Digital Crawl, of course, y'all. But let's talk about some of that nonsense. So we went to wrestling, but also in much more sad news, our daughter broke her foot on Saturday. So that derailed podcast recording on Sunday. It's derailed our sleep and our lives, and I'm sure our daughter's life as well. Yep, it was a pretty unfortunate, but she's handling it well, all things considered. And uh, tomorrow is her first day back at school. So we'll see how she does on crutches for the next four you to know, six weeks. We let her get out of doing school on Monday because neither her nor any of us got any sleep on Sunday because she was not feeling good, which, you know, you do feel for her. It's it's a bummer. I broke one bone in my life also in the sixth grade, just like her. And I think she was really annoyed today when she found out it wasn't going to be all video games and TV watching <laughs> on her day home from school. And I made her do schoolwork on her school iPad. So tough life. I'm so mean. Oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, sure are. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the happier thing that we did because we got to do a little nonsense before we do soccer. On Tuesday, Sheena went to her very first professional wrestling show of her whole life. A-E-W, A-E-W. What were you thinking, Sheena? Was it, uh, did you enjoy yourself? I had fun. I do think it was about 45 minutes to an hour too long for me. And part of it is that they do two shows in one. So it's like, you have the actual live show and then they do this like other show that isn't going to be on TV until Friday And that's an hour long. And it was just by the time that rolled around, it was already my bedtime. Not really, but I was tired. And so I kind of it was. Yeah. (laughs) No, you I actually stay up later these days than I used to. But yeah, it was just a a little bit too long. That last, especially few matches, I was pretty over it. But The earlier part, I was having a lot of fun. I would be the perfect person for AEW to zoom in on because I was very like, I know it's fake or what do you say? It's pre-planned. Yeah. But it's like, I know that, but then they have like mics under the, what is the stage thing? The the wrestling ring? The ring. Super, super fan over here. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like every time somebody got body slammed, it just sounded way worse because of the mics underneath the ring. So I was very animated with my expressions. And I was just like, Oh, my goodness, like, my mind is blown. I can't believe this is happening. Like, I would have been great. They could have just had a camera on me the whole time. I'm really glad they didn't. But 
they could have. I would have been have. comedic gold for them. Yeah, it would have been amazing. There's always some mark <laughs> they put on TV that's like really losing it over every little move and yeah. stuff. And we were just we were on the wrong side of the arena. The cameras were facing the other way. So thank uh, goodness. We, uh, it, yeah, it, we got last second tickets for really cheap. We've set my daughter and I have set really good tickets before and. You know, I think it's like once you sit really close, when you're not as close, it takes it away a little bit. And we we weren't that far back. We were on the the very first row up off the floor, but, you know, a little bit catty corner to the ring instead of being right on the ramp like we were last time, which was amazing. So I, if you've never been to wrestling, even if you don't care about wrestling, I think it's pretty interesting to watch. It's uh, the people watching, if nothing else, was amazing. You know, I was kind of disappointed by the people watching. I didn't feel like there was any strong characters like like I was thinking there would be. Oh, I was zooming in with my phone on random people and their signs in the <laughs> audience. And I was seeing Creepy. some pretty cool... What, Slash weird stuff going on. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Whatever. I was texting my buddy that's super into wrestling, and he was loving my jokes I was making. Oh, well, cool. All right. Let's talk about soccer. People don't care about yeah. wrestling, and, and well, hopefully they care about our child's foot being broken. But let's talk about the being the sporting director of Kansas City. She have been given a huge new salary, a promotion. We're going to go through. We are going to look at all the players that are out of contract or on option years, and we're both going to decide, should we keep this player should we get rid of this player and then we're also going to ask a few questions later on about if you can only cut one person and what is like your biggest need for the team positionally speaking so i'll start with kind of just breaking down where the players stand so there's only three players who are just straight up out of contract their contract ends Cameron Duke, Gotti Kinda, and Kendall McIntosh. And then there are quite a few players that the team can move on from by just declining their option. So that'd be Danny Flores, Chris Rindoff, Stephen Afrifra, Willie Agata, Robert Castellanos, Graham Zusi, Roger Espinoza, Johnny Russell, Remy Volterra. I wonder what Sheena will do there. What? Uh, Jake, Jake Davis, <laughs> Courtney Ford, and Felipe Gutierrez. If I didn't say a player's name, that means they are guaranteed at least through 2024. We got some through 2025. And we even got two guys, Polito and Shallowy, through 2026. So let's start with the out-of-contract players, Sheena. Duke, Kinda, McIntosh. What are you doing? Who are you cutting? Are you trying to re-sign any of these guys? What what's the deal? So one of the factors I was looking into with each of these players is what their 2023 base salary was. So initially, just hearing Cam Duco was like, yeah, let's re-sign him. But then I saw his base salary for this year was $137,500, which seems like a lot considering very little he played on the the sporting A team, I'm going to call them. So I would say we, unless he's willing to renegotiate his contract, he shouldn't be on the team. Like he's getting paid good money. I would take his salary to sit on a bench or play for the twos. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Cam Duke, I don't even think it's that he's making too much money or anything like that. He's only 22 years old. The minimum salary now for the that portion of the roster is $85,000. So yes, he's making what? 50 grand more than that but in the grand scheme of what some of these guys are making it's not much but he's clearly in the doghouse he hasn't played for the first team in a long time he wasn't even always consistently playing on the second team i think he probably needs a change of scenery he probably needs to go someplace else 
And I think he's an easy decision that the team will probably move on from. Yeah, I agree. All right. What about Gotti Kendo? Oh, this one's a tough one. So his 2023 base salary is 850000 And he has been great. Well, I mean, he's been great at times. I don't know. I don't know if I, for that amount of money, I don't know that he is worth keeping because he's had injuries. And I, so I think you would actually get a raise if he stayed too. I think you're not bringing him back. Really? At I think he's probably getting more money. Yes, he missed all of last year, but <gasps> you can see the the dynamism that he adds to this team when he is playing. Now, granted, he hasn't played nearly as much as you'd want him to. He's only got 817 yeah. minutes this year. So that that's a bit of a bummer. But in that those limited minutes, he has three goals and four assists. I think he makes this team dramatically better. For me, what it comes down to is how much of a raise is the guy getting? Because the salary cap goes up every year. So there'll be a little bit more money. There was some weird years during COVID where it didn't change each year. But I just think he can't be a designated player anymore. He's a DP right now because they paid approximately $4 million to acquire him. If you bring him back, he's not a designated player. So you could sign another designated player, which I think will be important to our conversation later on. And he's such a good player that if you have him and Tommy and... Remy <laughs> fighting for those three two midfield spots, like two players fighting for or three players fighting for two spots, I should say. I like that. I think this team is pretty good when they're in there and there just hasn't been enough of Kenda. So I suppose it depends what his health looks like and how upset he is at Peter Vermees over this whole national team call up nonsense from a month or so ago. I guess so. I maybe it's because I feel like he hasn't played enough. I don't know based on that if if he's worth the money. I like Gotti Kenda. Don't get me wrong. Like I think he's a really great player, but I just I don't feel like he's played enough to be getting a raise. Yep. All right. Well, it would free up some money to be able to yeah. go do something else too. So I don't know. I'm torn. Okay. I'm torn. I would have to think more about him. I need to see how Saturday's game goes. I guess to make an educated decision. Decision day so is it, this is my decision <laughs> day. Is keeping Gotti Kinder or not? So the eight days I gave you between podcast episodes <laughs> wasn't enough for you to make a decision. No, no, I need to see him in action one last time for the season it's like you just finally looked at the roster today (laughs) that's totally what happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i know i know all right so i'm a keep on kenda you're on the fence you're gonna wait to see if he pushes sporting into the playoffs against minnesota united if not it's all god he's out of here yeah (laughs) okay that's that's a take right there. All right. The last player that's full on out of contract is what I'm going to call the third string goalkeeper, Kendall McIntosh, Sheena Marie. What are you thinking? Gosh, why do, why are we giving my, my my middle name here? You gave uh, my middle name last week. We're just uh, up in the ante. No, here. I didn't. You absolutely did. Okay. Well, because I said my middle name was Charity, and you're like, no, it's oh. not. And then you said the real I one. Oh, I don't recall that, but okay, I would have called you out probably. Anyways, uh, Kendall McIntosh in 2023, he made a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I feel like you know either him or McIntosh or um, John. Pulse camp. You keep one of them. I don't know that you keep both and Tim Milia because Tim Milia signed on for next year. So I feel like 
handle Macintosh, I'd be okay partying with and maybe bringing in a younger guy. He's 29. So he's getting up there. And I think having someone younger than Pulse Camp would be a good idea. Um, and letting Pulse Camp finally be like solidified that second string goalkeeper position. What What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn on this one. So if you look at Sporting KC in recent seasons, they mostly just move on from their third string goalkeeper. They try somebody, they move on. They try somebody, they move on. But McIntosh has been a little unique. He's actually been on the team for three straight seasons, 21, 22, and 23. And then obviously he got the most playing time he's ever gotten this year. That said, he started 13 games, which is games and minutes he's taking away from John Poole's camp. I, I'm torn. I think he's solid. He's probably replacement level player in the league. Is 130,000 too much? I, not as much as it used to be. Maybe you get a guy on a minimum deal. Maybe you get a homegrown player. They have a lot of young goalkeepers in the academy they supposedly like. And then, you know, one of those, either the whoever, whatever player they sign or Pulse Camp sits on the bench, or maybe they don't. We, we'll figure out who's starting next year in a future podcast, probably. But I, I'm a little torn. This is one where I could go either way. I don't think it makes a big difference. Uh, I just don't want him stealing minutes from John unless they think, you know, McIntosh is making great progress and it's going to be him and Pulse Camp battling it out for years to come with with Amelia gone after 2024, potentially. I just personally feel like it's kind of unfair to him. He's 29 and if he, he I don't know if he's considered like starter material, like for a team, but I, if that's something does, he does, he want to be the third string keeper. Is what you're saying, basically? Yeah, I'm. I mean, if there's a potential for him to be a starter somewhere, I hope that if he thinks he could become a starter and he wants that for himself, which I'm sure he does, like they would let him go and see what happens for him. And he's out of contract, so it'd be yeah. up to him if he wanted to resign or not. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So we're both kind of wishy washy on if they do or don't keep Kendall. Well, uh, it sounds I like think you're more out on him. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. So now we get to the meaty ones here. Uh, Let's just pick a player at random from those, the many that I listed that there are contract options. And let's hit one that's uh, like a harder one to choose. So Sheena, I want to start with future sporting Kansas City legend, Graham Zussi. Oh, I knew this was coming. I'm cutting Graham. What do you think? I'm declining his option. I'm letting him go. I understand why you would do that. I... I definitely, okay, so Graham Zussi this year, he made a lot of money. He made, I am thinking like 825000 right? Whoa, whoa. Oh, 325000 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure he wishes he was making that. So he made 300000 He used to. He used to make that yeah. much. Yeah. So he made $325,000 this season. He's 36, which good for him. I think I would love to see him finish his season here. I feel like a few years ago when they didn't re-sign Matt Beasler and he went to Austin for that one season, it was just kind of, I don't know, a weird way for him to end his career. And I don't want to see the same thing happen for Zussi, but he definitely didn't play enough to earn the amount of money he he got this year. So he would need to restructure his contract. I mean, I would have to think the last few seasons he's had injuries. He has to know he probably can't get that 
same amount on another team. And so I hope for that sake and the fact that his girlfriend lives here, that he will restructure for a lower amount. I don't know that he would go as low as Roger Espinoza because I love what Roger did this year, but something similar to that where we just bring him in to close out games and he's not a starter because I really think he's lost his position to Jake Davis, but he's also really versatile and he can go into a lot of different positions. So he could be an asset if there's an injury or just to throw teams off, um, not knowing where he might be on the field. What what do you think? Yeah, so I'll give you a little more context here. So he's played in 14 games. He has nine starts, 867 minutes, uh, no goals, one assist this year. So this is kind of like last year where he missed a lot of time. And when you're making $325,000, not 800, Sheena, <laughs> then I think that's too much money to spend on a 36-year-old right back when you've got Jake Davis on a minimum salary, you know, and you got Caden Pierre on a minimum salary. You you have to get value at some of these positions, and they're already spending a lot of money at left back. And you got to think that Tim Leibold, he subbed in and played a little bit of right back for Davis when they were going for a goal that one game. If you needed to put an attacking option on, which I'd say Zussi is more of an attacking right back than a defensively sound right back, then you've already got Leibold under contract. So if he was doing what you're saying, if he could take like Roger level money or darn near close to it, I'm fine with him coming back as long as he's not stealing all the minutes. That said, if he's healthy, I don't know that I trust Peter to not play Graham Zussi all the time. And, you know, maybe maybe he'll want to retire. I doubt he wants to retire. He seems like he'll just keep playing because he's it would be sad to have a Beasler situation, just like you said. I can't even imagine him being on another team like this idea breaks my heart. So we have to move on to the next player. Oh, he's from Florida. Do you think he'd want to go play for like Orlando or Miami? No, I mean, maybe Orlando. I don't know where where in Florida he's from, but it seems like Miami is pretty stacked. I don't know that they need Azusi. They didn't make the playoffs. Stacked my face. No, I'm just kidding. They're going to be pretty good next year. I I don't disagree with that. (laughs) He's from Longwood, Florida. Sheena, are you familiar? Oh, by the way, he's 37. I I undersold his age there. Well, I don't know when the article that you wrote is from, but maybe he's turned 37. Actually, he did turn 37 recently, so some of these ages might be outdated. Well, don't read their ages then, because that article's from a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's from... that's a suburb of Orlando, by the way, Longwood. I just Googled okay. it. So, okay. so maybe he goes to Orlando City. Ooh, that would ooh, that'd be gross. I don't like that at all. That said, you gotta you gotta be a little heartless as a sporting director. You have to say, what's good for the team? You'd rather get rid of a guy one year too soon than one year too late. And I think we've been doing a lot of one year too late business, in my opinion, lately. So there's a lot of this roster that's gonna be two or three years too late because they're under guaranteed contracts for more than just this season. All right. You want to move on from Zussi? Let's move on from Zussi. Let's okay. do one that I I think will be slightly less controversial. Let's talk about Roger Espinoza. These two are like a, a, a pairing. Roger making the league minimum. They have an option to pick up. Now, we don't know what his option is. Maybe his option gives him a big raise next year. For me, at the league minimum, I keep him. Because even if he barely plays, that's better than a homegrown that's barely playing that you're probably just going to cut in a year or two anyways, the way sporting develops their young players. And he's come on and he's been 
absolutely dynamic at times when he's been asked to be. So I think there's something to that. He has 22 appearances, just seven starts, uh, no goals, but two assists. And he's had a lot of like passes that led to assists. So created some opportunities. What do you think on Roger? I definitely would keep him. And I like his leadership on the team. I think he would keep playing because his wife plays for Casey Current. So he doesn't have like he's going to be here regardless, which I think is part of the reason he probably took the league minimum is that he wants to keep playing. And, you know, so I yeah, it would be curious to see what like that that contract is for next year, that option or whatever. But I think, yeah, even if they gave him a little bit of a raise, I'm cool with that. Like, I I like Roger Espinosa. It feels the same. I feel the same sentiment as Zussi, where he's played a lot of his career here. And I also feel like he is deeply rooted into the community, kind of like Patrick Mahomes, um, maybe because Lowe plays for Casey Current. So I know they're here as long as she's on Casey Current. So, Which, by the way, is through next season. So she's guaranteed yeah. through next year. So, yeah, that would make sense. Um, I like how you just equated Roger Espinosa with well, Patrick no. Mahomes. I'm sure Roger would love that. He's like, yes, I'm definitely. <laughs> I got a, a few no. Whataburger franchises I'm about to open. Uh, no, just I. Yeah. Yeah, that, I don't know. Maybe a bad comparison, but he, Patrick Mahomes, is deeply rooted in this community. Roger Espinosa, I feel like, does a lot um, of like appearances, and he's somewhat tied. Didn't they just build a house? Weren't they you showing did, me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to me, we're if you're stock, building stock a house. in their social media. I definitely gave Lo some suggestions on some things she was looking for. She was looking for like a bathtub, and I was like, "Oh, go to this place." <laughs> so, oh my gosh, did you really? <laughs> I absolutely did. She asked. She was like, "Hey, Kansas Cityans, where can I get it from?" And I'm a Kansas City, and I think she was talking to me. She knows. <laughs> Did she respond back saying, thanks for the recommendation? She did, she did not respond back, but she did probably she, had a lot of responses. Did she at least like thumbs up or heart it? I don't recall. Hmm. Oh. I feel like no. I feel like I would remember because oh. I'd have probably taken a screenshot. Like that time when Benny Failhaber followed me on Twitter and I like, took a screenshot <laughs> of it and saved it in my phone. Oh, I don't recall that. Yo, I might not have told you, but I was pretty excited oh. about it. It was, a, it was a big day in my soccer coverage uh, history. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. when I was talking to Benny at the SKC2 game, he was like, yeah, hey, Chad, how's it going? Like, I just love that he knows my name without me having to introduce myself. Now, maybe he glanced at my badge real quick, but I'm going to choose to believe he just knew my name. I mean, yeah, he probably did look at your badge. <laughs> Why do you got to chop me down? All right, let's move <laughs> okay. on to the next player. So we'll go to an obvious one. Let's just get this one out of the way. Sheena, <laughs> should the team keep Remy Voltaire? Yes, obviously. Not, not only is he my favorite player, but he's my favorite player because he's a hustler. And we need that on the team, especially if we're going to keep some of these people who aren't as fast. Like we need Remy there to pick up the pace and to cover for players. So I hope he stays. I don't know why they wouldn't keep him unless he doesn't want to be in Kansas City. He does have a baby. And that happened, I think, at the beginning of the season. So unless he wants to return to his his homeland, and I think he's French. So um, he is. Yes. Yeah. So I hope they keep him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I've always been a Remy guy. What's given me a little pause the last couple of weeks is 
they he hasn't been starting all of a sudden, right? He's got 28 yeah. starts out of 33 games, and it's all pretty recent that they haven't been starting him. Because I want to say the other non-starts were either rotation-related or I don't know if he he hasn't been suspended. I think he, he had an, enough cards. He had an injury one week, or maybe he was just so exhausted. Yeah, I can't that remember. But. I remember at one point he was leading the entire league in miles covered on the ground out there, just like yeah. running around like a monster. Uh, he's a valuable asset to the team. I like Remy. I'm I'm for bringing him back. I imagine his $850,000 salary probably has like a small raise built into it. If I'm remembering right, it went from eight to eight fifty this year. So I'll probably bump him to nine, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, the, he's 28 years old. He's not an old man by any means. So yeah, I mean, it's better than keeping a 37 year old guy, for example. Yeah. Or and he's going to be a contributor. Okay. Knew there'd yeah. be no controversy there. Uh, <laughs> we should mention real quick. This seems like a good spot to bring it up. Sheena is currently fostering another dog and. She, although the dog has its own real name, we didn't like it. So she's calling her Remy. So I thought that was yeah. good. I think Remy for a girl's name is super cute. But I was inspired by Remy Voltaire. Yeah, I think it works either way. So yeah. a little tripod dog. I'm not sure exactly what breed this dog is, but it's like three months oh, old. It's pretty she's adorable. so cute. I'm obsessed with her. Like, well, What's her I real name so people can find her on the Casey uh, Pet Project? Uh, her real name is Winky, and which is a horrible name. No offense it's to whoever name. named it. Yeah. So I think she's getting spayed and getting her staples removed because she lost a leg at the beginning of the month. So I think all that's happening on Wednesday, and she'll be up for adoption after that. I'm going to be a little heartbroken, but I'm so glad we got her because I was like done fostering after Doug the Pug. He was a lot. He's real cute, but he was a lot of work and I just needed a break. But Remy, the tripod dog, kind of restored my faith in fostering. Having a normalish dog has been great and she's so cute. And if I could keep her, I would, but I can't because then I have to give up fostering. So I'm not ready for that. That is our agreement. Yeah. The last yeah. time you foster failed, you took a 10 year break from fostering dogs, yeah. give or take. So yeah, we still have that foster fail. He's he's still rocking and getting around pretty good. He's a little blind and deaf. But he's he's getting around. He's pretty happy. All right. Oh, let's yeah. talk soccer. I distracted us. Okay. For once, it was me that took us off the rails. So <laughs> let's hit some of these kind of fringe guys. I'm going to lump a few of these guys out there at once and you you can kind of jump in. So I've got Danny Flores. Chris Rindolph, uh, Stephen Afrifra, and Robert Castellanos. They're all signings from this year. They're all on minimum or nearly like the like super supplemental minimum, the, like the really low salary, the really low salary, the 60 some thousand dollars, which is still fine. You know, you're making a living. Um, any thoughts on any of those guys? Anybody standing out you want to keep, get rid of? Well, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of any of them, but most recently we've seen Castellanos, I think in the last game. And I thought he played okay. I mean, I think it's hard to get in the rhythm when you're not on the field a lot. So he made $85,444 this season. So I'm good with keeping him. I am like really kind of drawing a blank on Chris Rindoff, like what he looks like and what he's, he's another done. He's back. He was he was a second round draft pick. He spent most of the year with SKC too. Yeah. So I, I don't, it's a, a tough for me because I'm like, well, they're on the minimums, but are they on the minimum 
for a reason. Like, I don't know enough about them. Like, are they worth keeping on the roster? Yeah, they're cheap, but are they going to perform as well as somebody who's making more? I don't, I don't know. And I'm always intrigued by Steven Afrifa. Like, I have wanted to see more of him this season, and I just haven't. So for that, I would probably keep him because I still, I don't know that he's the future because we have Polito, but I'd like a a solid backup to Polito. And I don't know if Willie Agata is someone we're going to be talking about here in a bit. We are, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would like even a strong, like, third string uh, striker. So a Frifa could be that. It's definitely not Shelton. So we need to have a third string for Aga- uh, Willie Agata if he's the second going in yeah, the next season. Yeah, definitely the backup. I mean, and he's been doing you know great in his limited opportunities since he came back from injury. So for me, these players, you have to look at it from two perspectives. Are they the best players in the world? Of course not right now, right? There's a reason they're on minimum salaries. You have to fill out your rosters with guys like this. Literally, some parts of the roster, you can only sign guys on these lower salaries. The the uh, minimum is 67,360 for Flores, Rindoff, and Afrifa. And then Castellanos is a little further up the roster. Uh, he's at 85,000 plus, like Sheena mentioned. So uh, it's a no brainer for me to keep Danny Flores. He seemed promising with SKC2. He's fresh out of college. He kind of skirted the super draft. Uh, same thing for Afrifa. You need a third string striker. We don't even know what we have in him. The only way I'm not bringing back Afrifa is if there's plans in the work to bring up a guy like Pau Vidal or Alenis Vargas from SKC2. And only Brian Bliss really knows what he's doing with those guys. So if he's like already planning to sign one of those guys, they're right around the same age as a free because they are, you know, youth internationals coming from overseas or uh, the Caribbean in some cases. <laughs> so I say overseas, I guess that's you got to pass over some water to get into the, the Caribbean. As far as Rindoff and Castellanos, this is kind of a you got to remake this center back position. And if you bring them back and you bring Ford back and you bring back, uh, well, that's everybody because uh, Volader, Rosero, and Fontes are already on guaranteed deals. You can't have six center backs. Somebody's got to go. So if I'm only cutting one, I'm cutting Castellanos. I haven't seen enough from him. He's the oldest of the bunch. If but I got to cut two, I'm going to Rindoff second. I want to get rid of Chris Rindoff too. It, it seems unfair because he's young and he needs time to develop. I imagine they'll keep one of those guys because they're, you know, towards the bottom of the roster. But Rindoff is just a little bit cheaper. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the ceiling is higher. But the money thing is almost not important. Any follow up thoughts on those now that I've weighed in? Okay. I mean, that's fair. I don't think I realized all the defensive people were basically coming back. So that's unfortunate. That is with how good this defense (laughs) has been, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. So Mm. we talked about a few other players that kind of lumped into that conversation. Will Yagata, for me, this is a simple keep. There was rumors that there was an offer for over a million dollars to buy him. He's still very young, very promising. Uh, He's making more. He's making $225,000, but he's just 23 years old. That's still very young. Uh, And he's he's scoring goals when he gets into games. So he's already scored several times since he came back from his injury. I'm hoping we're getting that return to form. No-brainer for me. Keep Willie Agata. What about you, Sheena? No-brainer? Yeah, you keep Willie Agata. The other thing I've been thinking about is that, to me, it's really important you have somebody really strong behind Polito because he's injured. Prone, he's 
getting up there. And by the time his contract's over with, he's going to be what, like 35, 36. So eventually what you might want to do is have Willie Agata start and then Polito comes in as a super sub because at some point he's probably not going to be able to play a full 90. So to me, it's just as critical that you have somebody very strong behind Polito because he's injury prone. I agree. And hopefully you don't run the guy into the ground. We talked about that when we re-signed Polito, that Agata being behind him is important. Let's get Agata back. Let's bring him back and for another year. Honestly, he's got multiple years left on his contract and options. So let's pick them all up. Let's keep that guy. Yeah. And I still think it's important to have a third string in case Polito is out for an undisclosed mm-hmm. amount of time and you need somebody to back Agata up. So I I think somebody young or you could go with a some the somebody who's been in the league for a while like Dom Dwyer. Just kidding. Oh my gosh. Take, I'm just take kidding. a shot, y'all. She somehow <laughs> brought him into the podcast. I'm just kidding, of course. I don't want Dom Dwyer back uh, on the team. I just saw him he, to get a reaction. You mentioning Dom Dwyer's like <laughs> me mentioning Messi, I swear to you. <laughs> okay, no, I do not Except mention for him. On a different level. No, I haven't mentioned him in months. That's unfair to mm. me. You mentioned Messi on a weekly basis. I don't have an update for him i i I stopped caring anyways uh (laughs) i will tell you sheena that uh i think it's not been months i think somebody could listen and say "Uh, no i remember you talked about him on episode 43 or you know whatever that is i don't know i don't think season two episode 48 i don't think anyone is gonna do that somebody do that for us just to prove Sheena wrong okay so a few more players here that we have contract options that we need to decide on let's do another no-brainer jake davis Let's keep that yeah. man. That's the right back. He's making 85K. That's, Give the man a raise. It's crazy. Yeah, he deserves a raise. I was shocked by how little he's making. Now, granted, I get it. He's he's considered a homegrown player, right? And yes. he's young, so I get it. But boy, if anyone on the team has earned a raise this season, he is definitely the player. Yeah, for sure. And he he has 25 appearances, 23 starts, 1,948 minutes. He has become an integral part of the team. And just think it was kind of a fluke that he was the fourth option at right back to get in there. I I was looking through the other homegrown players going, who else is like just needing minutes to prove that they have a chance? And there isn't a lot of people on the roster. They haven't signed a lot of homegrowns in recent years. There's guys like Caden Pierre and Ozzy Cisneros, but they've been on the team for a few years, just like Davis. No recent homegrown signings at all so that's kind of intriguing that's all right yeah that's intriguing and kind of a bummer if you're on one of these academies so like seeing seeing the percentage of like the likelihood you could actually become a homegrown player i don't know that'd be a real bummer it's dipped a lot in recent years so i think there's something going on there and hopefully with the new the new director of their academy declan jogi Things are going to peak up and there are going to be some more guys that are coming through. But every time I keep hearing about some young guys that are looking pretty promising, they end up going to college and not even signing professional contracts. So there's some guys that have signed directly to SKC2, so they could make that leap. Right now, I believe the only person to ever do academy, the second team, which I think it was Swole Park at the time, and then the first team is Felipe Hernandez. And he's signed for a, mm-hmm. a couple more years, too. 
So oh, we'll I love definitely Felipe. have more Felipe. Speaking of Felipe's, Felipe Gutierrez. I'm cutting mm-hmm. the guy. I I'm he's old. Him. Oh, look at that was man, look at that was quick. <laughs> you you gotta free up some roster space. He's making a low salary, most likely. We don't hundred percent know what he's making, but he was an injury replacement for Courtney Ford. Courtney Ford made it $165,000. The most I think they can pay him is like $150 with the injury replacement, if I'm remembering right. And it could be a prorated thing. He could have a better offer for next year to stick around. But to me, he's not shown enough, and it's getting in the way of the next Jake Davis or whoever it is that's going to emerge on this roster. And I just don't know that Felipe Gutierrez is adding that much. Maybe it's because he joined midseason. I don't know. But you need to make some changes, and going with a 33-year-old isn't the worst idea to me. Let's let's make a move. I'm with you on cutting him. I think this is one of those failed attempts where we brought back a former sporting player, and it didn't really pan out, and I don't – he's had some good, like, plays, but as, like, an overall, I haven't been overly impressed with him. And he's taking, like, the starting position away from Remy, and I don't understand that. Like, I think – Oh, <laughs> we got the real reason right there. <laughs> no, was. no. I think when you compare the two, I'd rather see Remy out there. He's younger. He's faster. And I feel like I, I'm, I haven't been able to figure out what the reason is behind having Gutierrez start. Like, I, it must be an age thing. Like – I don't know if it's age. I think that the way Gutierrez plays the game is something that Peter likes. I think back to remember when I got to go to that Cauldron Town Hall and Vermees talked to the team or talked to the fans, and it was when the team was terrible. They hadn't won a game. I don't know how far into that ten game stretch they were at that time, but it was during that opening stretch of the season. And he showed clips. Gutierrez wasn't with the team at this time, but he showed clips of what Eric Tommy was doing wrong and what. Gutierrez did right when he was on the team. Felipe Gutierrez may be one of the top three, four players in Sporting KC history for me. He wasn't on the team terribly long, but he was so impactful when he was the first time around. And maybe Vermees wants to relive that, but he's definitely not his self anymore. He's not that guy, but he's not getting paid like that guy either. That was a designated player contract. So I wouldn't be stunned if they brought him back, but you got to make some moves. And this seems like a, a an easy one. Now, if they want to keep him and make him depth and not take away minutes, but you've seen what Vermese does. He's he trusts the old guys and he he'll put him out there. He was even starting Roger a ton at the beginning of the season when he didn't necessarily need to do that because he had other other guys that could have been out there. Well, this is why we're making these decisions and not Peter Vermese in this scenario. But if it were me, like it's it he's brought a lot to the team in the past. I just don't feel like he's brought that quality this time around and I don't I don't know. I I cut him. That's me. No okay. offense. We got two His kids more are adorable, dis- but oh, they are got, cute kids yeah. for sure. Yeah, we saw them after that one game where we got the yeah. tickets from one of our listeners. Thank you again, Austin and Kayla. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> so let's talk about two that I think are this. This could be questionable. I'm not sure. So we'll start with Courtney Ford. I mentioned his 165 thousand dollar contract, so he's pretty inexpensive. Uh, he was 27 when I wrote this article on August 11th. I probably should look up his current age. I think he's still 27. He's coming off a season-ending injury. He did not play at all this season because of an injury picked up, I want to say, in the last preseason game. Uh, It it necessitated the signing of Danny Rosero. So that's what led to Rosero being signed when Ford went down. They're planning on starting Ford, by all accounts. 165K, coming off a season-ending injury. Not his first. He's had a long history of injuries. 
I still want to keep him. I like Courtney Ford. I think he's talented. I think for that dollar amount, you're not going to get a player of his caliber. And if he is, you know, maybe what's been promised or what he looked like he might be based on preseason and the glimpses we've seen of him before and before he got suspended that one year, then I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm a big Courtney Ford fan. What do you think? Well, for any of the OG listeners who have been oh, listening yeah. since the beginning, I really struggled to remember who Courtney Ford was. So much so I had to do a whole little like report on him so I could learn about yeah, I him. You a book report, right? Because you were yeah. in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was in trouble. <laughs> and so I researched Courtney Ford and I really like him. I won't like I haven't forgotten about him since and and that's something because he hasn't played all season. But I want to see him play. He has such a great well, great is not the right word. He has had such like a rough childhood and has been through a lot and he uh just got engaged and I wanna see him have like that happy ever after um, in his personal life and his professional life. So I want to see him play. And we know that if he is the starter and something happens to him, Danny Rosero's a great backup or vice versa. If Danny Rosero gets the start, then Courtney Ford's a good backup. Like, And I think that's one of the, the issues we've had on defense this year is that there's no solid backups. And so I think like with Danny Rosero, he played, I feel like, almost every single game unless the games he was uh, suspended. I don't think he ever had an injury, but that's exhausting. He needs like that those positions need solid backup. So you keep keep Courtney, keep Danny Rosero. Danny Rosero needs a raise. He I think overall he played really good this season. So keep Courtney Ford I, though. My argument might be that Ford and Rosero potentially should start next to each other. Now obviously oh, this team probably okay. needs to go get another center back, but yeah. which was kind of reason I'm I'm dumping poor Castellanos and maybe Rindoff yeah. too is that I need to make room to sign someone else and you don't you can't okay. have six center backs on your roster. So I, I, I like the idea of those two next to each other. But yeah, even if you have three starting quality center backs and you can rotate them around or you can play them situationally, maybe I know people don't like Fontes. I think he has moments that he's really fantastic, but there's been less yeah. of those less of those lately and more of the mistakes it feels like lately i probably mistakenly said they should bring fontis back at a discount last year and they did bring him back and he did take a big pay cut but he, yeah he's had some some game altering moments <laughs> well and he's one of those players who's older in age and i like fontis and he has the cutest kids like i feel like i'm overly attached to, uh, yeah that's the casualness in me but i take if, a shot I, every time sheena talks about cute kids you guys are gonna be wasted oh my gosh i need a baby i need to find a friend with a younger kid to babysit but anyways yeah i feel like i don't think fontes is one of the people we're making a decision on because i think he's covered for another year but well, there's, there's one spot you can use on Fontes, but we'll get to that here in a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, I know. But you're right. He's, he's guaranteed through 2024, yeah. so he will be around next season unless they buy him out. Yeah. Okay. One last okay. player that we need to make a contract decision on, and then we'll get into those other positions and questions that we need to ask. And that is JFR, Johnny oh. Frederick Russell. Oh, no, I'm, that's not what the F stands <sighs> for. You all know. <laughs> so JFR. 
He makes $1 million. He actually took a pay cut. He was a designated player. He is not a designated player now. Now, it could have been that they front-loaded that contract. It could be back-loaded that he's getting a raise next year. Uh, he's 33 years old. He did not play as much this year. He uh, had 24 games played, 20 starts, uh, 1,618 minutes. He scored six goals and added three assists. So he's gotten going the last few weeks. He's added on some goals. He looked like he was going to have a, like a pretty terrible season, frankly, because he had missed so much time. And even when he's been playing, at times it feels like he's gutting it out and playing through injuries. And at the beginning of the year, when the team was so banged up, he's like forcing his way onto the field. Not like he's like, Peter, you have to play me, but like, hey, I'm going to gut this out and do what I can to help the team because they don't have another right winger, basically. So, Sheena, you you said, oh, oh, <laughs> I've already said my position on Russell on a prior episode. I'll say it again. But what is... uh. What are you thinking? I don't remember what you said. This is a tough one for me. And I think realistically, he can't make another million dollars. He's not million dollar caliber anymore. Like no offense. He has those moments of glory, but they're not consistent. And I think part of it is he's fighting through injuries. So it's hard to be 100% when you're not feeling 100%. So I think you have to, if you're going to bring him back, you have to bring him back at a lower amount. I don't know what that amount is. I I also would like to see him on a year-to-year contract if you are going to bring him back because he's getting up there in age. So I don't want to see a Polito situation where we're signing him for another three years and then he's going to be, what, 36-ish when, if we did three years and he's making a ton of money. I, it's tough. I really like him. He's done so much for the team. He is a fan favorite. I would hate to cut him, but things can't, he can't be making what he makes now. You have to restructure uh, the contract significantly if you re-sign him. And like I said, I would prefer a year to year with pickup options, maybe. I can see the headline right now. She just wrote it. We're cutting Johnny Russell. <laughs> We're cutting Graham Zussi. I, I wrote that part. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't do that. I, I, I'm with you. I I am a Johnny Russell fan. I mean, he is like, how do you not love that guy? The way he yeah. plays, the way he fights through these injuries, the leader he's been. I feel kind of bad. He joined the team in 2018 and they have not won a trophy since he showed up. <laughs> they were really close in 2018 to go to winning the Western Conference final and to going on to MLS Cup. But then they had that uh, tough outing against the Portland Timbers. Oh, let's not think about it. And <laughs> they got eliminated. I am, I was a harder stance than I was and you, you softened me slightly. I had said we gotta we gotta release him. You gotta move on. You the team just keeps getting older. We can't keep bringing back the same players. And you theoretically have a bunch of guys in your scouting reports out there that you want to sign and replace and and get younger and get faster. And like Russell's not the fastest player in the world. He plays really well. Don't get me wrong, but he's not been the same guy the last few years. And you can't keep giving that money away. But I'll add a caveat. If he'll do what you were just referencing, you decline the option and you try to negotiate another contract with him and you bring him back at a lower number. I mean, there's a guy I'd like to cut that he could easily make that much money and be the backup right winger. And I think we'd all be okay with that. But I want that million dollars to go spend on someone else to make this team better, younger, faster, uh, more dynamic. You know, the one thing I think that would maybe help is if 
these players like Johnny Russell, which honestly, like I understand Roger Stain, I could understand Zussi Stain, but Johnny Russell isn't even from here. So he there's maybe more motivation for him not to take like a lower contract and make less because he may want to go back home. And I don't know much about Scottish soccer. He's from Scotland, right? They call it football. They call it football. Football, whatever. But anyways, he might still be a legend there. He might be able to get a million dollars. I don't know. Pro- I don't know. So I, but I like the idea because we know Peter Vermees trusts older guys. I like the idea of keeping some of the older guys, just not paying them as much and working towards what, which is what I felt like they should have been doing this season is integrating the younger guys more. So these older players aren't so reliant, like Zussi prior to his injury was the starter and he shouldn't be a starter at this point. No offense, Graham Zussi. But I think you have to know to a degree if you're getting injured every season, like you you aren't a full season player. So yeah. I don't know. Father time undefeated. It's coming for this team. It feels like they are on the verge of running it all back. Because if you look at all these salaries, most of these guys don't make that much that we're talking yeah. about, right? The the highest paid guy was Russell at a million bucks. And then you get to Gotti Kenda at 850. And then when you look at the rest of this list, uh, I guess Remy's on 852. And then everybody else is like around 200 or less. So it's yeah. not like you're clearing a lot of money by making these moves. This is going to you, you got to make a few big ones to be able to clear enough space to to change your roster substantially next year because you can't bring back the same team, even if they sneak into the playoffs, even if they beat Minnesota United and one of these other three teams falters over the, the weekend on decision day. That's still sliding in when you need to be kicking some butt and getting, you know, way further up the standings, being assured of your playoffs and fighting for playoff positioning on decision day, not fighting to sneak in on the last day. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we have dealt with all those contracts. We have a couple questions I want to ask. One, you tried to spoil last week before we got the podcast over with. So I did. Yeah, Sheena, clearly a big fan of For the Glory KC, uh, <laughs> frequent listener. Ever since I took over editing the last couple of episodes, suddenly Sheena does not know what happened on this podcast. I, All right, so I do listen, but I listen like a few weeks at a time. Like I listen to a bunch at once. Oh, okay, so. okay. I try to listen like later in the week so that it's fresh in my mind before I go re-record. Hey, but honestly, I feel like I would remember. If you guys, if there's anyone out there who's a history nerd, there's an, a fantastic podcast called History That Doesn't Suck. And it's by a professor. And he's such a great storyteller about historical events. Like I've been listening to him tell me, like walk me through World War One. It's great. Like, I love it. So let me just plug that podcast. We are constantly telling people other podcasts <laughs> to listen to that are not our podcast. That's okay. But, you know, they're, they're doing We're a good supporters, job. They're, uh, yeah, they're su- we support fair. other podcasts. There's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Okay. So the one thing that we're going to decide here is Sporting Kansas City and every team in Major League Soccer have the ability to cut one player and that to that salary not to count against their budget for the next year. So they, I'm going to list off all the players that are on guaranteed contracts to remind you who they are. And then we need to pick somebody to cut. So we've got Tim Milia, Andreo Fontas, Ozzy Cisneros, Caden Pierre, Logan Ndenbe, uh, Robert Volader, 
Marinos, Janice, Eric Tommy, Felipe Hernandez. So those first ones, besides Hernandez, were 2024 guarantees. They're just guaranteed for one year. 2025 guarantees are Felipe Hernandez, Kyrie Shelton, John Poolscamp, Nemanja Radoya, Tim Leibold, Danny Rosero, and then our 2026 are Polito and Shallowy, who we mentioned before. So you get to cut one player and you get to get their money back. Sheena, I think everybody knows what you're going to say, but just just go ahead and say it. Who are you, who are you thinking? Who are you cut? Well, I think he, everyone thinks I'm going to say Shelton because he does make a lot of money. Um, this year he made 575000 So it is yep. a lot of money. He's definitely not worth the money. But I don't know. I'm like looking at this and I am not like Nemanja Rodoya makes $1.4 million. That's a lot of money. And I don't feel like he's I know you're a huge Rodoya fan, and you just love him. But like, I'm not overly impressed with him for that amount of money. If we need to clear up some space, like to me, that might be the position. I don't know. I don't know. It- Interesting. So you're saying, because the Rodoya is guaranteed through 2025, so you'd have to pay for two years of 1.4-ish, whatever million he's at. He's probably getting know. raises built into this contract. Who knows? Uh, that, so you're looking at like 2.8, 2.9 million minimum okay. to get him out of his deal. Uh, I, I vehemently disagree if that's where you're going with it. Because well, I don't know. I, I'm I just... do think... I feel like I you that- wanted me to say Shelton and Shelton does make a lot of money, but then there's people who make more than him. And I just, I don't, Shelton's contract needs to be reworked. Like Shelton has, he, to me, he's like $125,000 a year player. If I'm going to throw, oh, I was going to um, say league, league minimum, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't feel like Peter Vermees would pay a league minimum for him. So I'm comfortable at 125,000 a year for him. Not what he's making. Janice makes a lot of money too. I was looking at him and it's like, now let me give I don't you a know. caveat here. Okay. Janice. So while he makes 625,000 in base pay, he only counts for 200,000 against the salary because he's a U22 player. So that's true of Robert Volader and Logan Ndembe as well. So if you cut any of those guys, you only get $200,000 of budget back, but but you can sign another U22 player, which means you can pay an unlimited transfer fee to go get a guy. Like think of uh Farias from Miami. He came in, I think they paid $5 million for him. I know you you, you don't know him. You're shaking your head at me. Like yeah, that. you're Something. like saying these names like I know them. If they're not on Sporting, yeah. I don't know This is know for them. the audience, not for, 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 oh, not for you, okay. Um, okay. So he's in that same bucket where you can go spend millions of dollars to get a guy. You just can't pay him more than the senior maximum, which is in the 600-some K range. So uh, if you think about Janice, while he has not lived up to that $625,000 salary, he's also not hitting the budget at 625 and you can walk away from him after one more year versus someone like Shelton. You're stuck with them for two more years. In Sheena's mind, we're stuck with Rodoya for two more years. And I will say, Rodoya has been hurt too much. I don't know that he's ever been fully fit this whole season. But when he's out there, minus maybe the last couple of games where I feel like he hasn't played as good. Ever since I said, hey, everybody, go watch Rodoya. Do your homework. <laughs> watch him move around. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, Chad said to watch me. I'm going to play the worst soccer I've played all year. <laughs> I think that position is super important to the team. And I think he plays it dramatically better than anybody else on the roster, Remy Voltaire included, because Remy is not a number six. He is a number eight. Sheena's eyes got all bug-eyed that's, and crazy. That's not true. They did not get bit, crazy. A little bit crazy. Just like, it's, the don't say anything. The answer is Kyrie Shelton. 
he's making almost $600,000 to be not very good at soccer. He had a few moments this year and we talk him up I, to, to, I'm going to pull out a Sheena conspiracy theory here and say, what, where does he, what pictures does he have from Peter Ramirez? What blackmail does he have? Take a shot, everybody, because they had a chance to walk away from this man last year and they didn't do it. And not only did they bring him back, but they gave him so much money. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it at all. He's such a nice uh, guy though. Maybe that he is a nice guy. Play something I, you, in it. You can't build your roster based on keeping around legends, keeping around nice guys, keeping around players with cute kids. You have got to move on from guys at times. And that's the answer. Well, Kyrie is the answer. Okay. Kyrie is definitely the answer. I would also, if I have to pick somebody else, I, I won't find keep Radoya. Andreu Fontes makes a lot of money yeah. too. And I don't feel like he's worth it. He has those moments of, you know, uh, where he plays great. He has some great plays, but overall he sl- is slow. And when you're on defense, you need to be fast and get back. And he sometimes has good headers, but overall for the amount that we're paying him, we could bring in somebody younger, somebody better. I don't know. That's I my thought. I don't think the Fontes. Yeah, I don't think the Fontes uh, idea is a bad shout because he only has one more year on his deal. So you'd only pay him the four fifty or whatever his deal was set to go to next year to buy him out. Versus Shelton, you got to pay over a million dollars to get rid of him. How crazy is that? Like, here's a million dollars. Just get off my team. I. I they're not going to ever of... pay him that. That's yeah, crazy. They're, they're not he's do it. here as much as nobody wants him yeah. here for that long. They're not going to pay him a million dollars. There's some kind of dirt. I just i <laughs> I won't let this shot. one go. I won't let it go. There's something. I don't know what it is. Is he dating somebody in the family? I maybe he's married. I don't know anything about Shelton's personal life. But there, yeah, he either. has a family connection to Vermees somehow, and <laughs> they like him, and that's totally fine he seems like a genuinely good guy he Again, can be not, a good player doesn't matter but for soccer though right for I soccer know. purposes yeah now let, let's give some historical precedents here sporting hasn't generally used this buyout option they haven't you know it's not been a functional part of their roster building because if you you can cut people but only one do you get salary re- relief for if you cut a second player you don't even get the money back for them. So it's like you're saying, you're so not worth it. I so don't want you on this team that I will pay you to go away and not even get the money back to sign another player until you know your contract runs out or whatever. Now, uh, the great the precedent here is this season. They cut Uri Rosell before the season, and he was about 450000 I want to say off the top of my head. I don't have those numbers in front of me. And to get rid of him and get him off the team, they cut Ben Sweat because they he was so, they were so sick of him that, you know what, we'll eat your 200 k or whatever your salary was just to be gone. I don't know that Sporting will buy anyone out. I think Peter likes the way that Fontes plays. But if you can let me buy one person out, I'm buying out. Kyrie Shelton. That's obviously the answer, which is why I'm I taking Fontes. We were oh, if you can only buy one, you're buying Fontes. I'm huh? taking Fontes. No offense, Fontes, but yeah, I mean, he, he I just, I, I can't see a scenario they're going to pay, like, buy out Shelton. So let's go with someone more realistic. And to me, that's Fonte, unfortunately. Okay. I think that's fair. Now, this ties me perfectly into my next question. I'll just go ahead and give my answer on it is. What do you see, what is like a need or two needs if you can't limit yourself to one? Because obviously this team has more than one need (laughs) that this team needs to make a move on. And for me, if I'm clearing that Russell salary or a good chunk of it, 
Like if, if I'm playing sporting director here, I've spent the Illig and whoever else's owner's money and bought out Shelton. So I've cleared that almost 600K. So I've got that plus Russell's million. I could bring Russell back at 600K, making my backup winger. Then I got a million bucks to go get a young dynamic winger on the right side to pair with Polito and Shallowy. And then I've got Tommy and Kinda underneath it playing. I, I like that. Go get me a young dynamic winger. And then hopefully I've left enough money in the budget to maybe go get another center back who can push Fontes and push Rosero and uh, Courtney Ford and bring them back. Those are my two moves. If I Those are my big money moves. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of low budget moves at the bottom of the roster, but those are the big ones. What do you, what about you, Sheena? What do you got? See, and I am the opposite. We need a center back. And so with getting rid of Fontas and re renegotiating or whatever with Johnny Russell, you get somebody else because I feel like that's where what, part of the reason we haven't been successful is we haven't had anybody solid back in the center back position since Icopara. We need like another Ike Opara, the Ike Opara Matt Beasler combo. I mean, we can't bring Beasler back. Although I know he was working out all the time, he could easily probably come back. But it looks like he's in great shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the defense issues to me are a bigger issue because there is potential with what we have. We have Janice Marinos who doesn't ever get to play. And Don't you say his name backwards every single every time. Every dang it. All season. I'm just never <laughs> going to learn. Take a shot, y'all. They're going to be wasted on this episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, we're going to get in trouble for the alcohol poisoning uh, given people. No, don't drink and drive, by the way. Well, I, why would you? Why are you just I saying old people only listen in their cars? What is, I don't what is know. happening? I just watch, watch what happens live with Andy Cohen, and he's always like, they have a word of the night, and he's always like, if you've been playing along with our game, don't drink and drive. So I'm just giving that disclaimer. I don't know. Okay. All right. Anyways. Have we sufficiently rebuilt this roster? You got any other thoughts? No. I, okay. So I'm just saying we need to utilize what youth we do have on the team to figure out their potential because Marinos Janice, did I do it right that time? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, we pay him a lot of money and I don't feel like we see enough of him. And he has a confidence issue this season because he's not getting on the field. Like I... I think that's part of the struggle we have. I think you told me at one point his like natural position is where Daniel Shallowy plays. That's right. Yep. And he barely ever comes on for Shallowy. And Shallowy is a person I know people love him, but I'm not overly impressed with him this season. Sorry to the Shallowy fans, but he are you are you buying out Shallowy here? He's signed for three more years and he's at that's 1. way 1 too long. Right that's too long for me. Like, why are we doing these long term deals? Like, to me, they should be two years minimum. We shouldn't be doing three to four year contracts. That's crazy. Unless they're super young and they're super talented. I, I don't know. Just Shallowy to me, he's all over the place with his abilities. He has a good year. Then he he's a roller coaster and he's that's just fair. he's kind of mid for me me this year he hasn't been great oh, mid. look at you yeah. using the youthful words here yeah uh, I know. To, to give you some johnny's context he's played in 21 games but just six starts 712 minutes no goals one assist and that's regular season play yeah he's he's not performed if you let me play a little more fantasy sporting director here 
maybe he's the kind of guy you offload, not like buy him out, but see if somebody will come purchase him, even if you take a loss on to clear that U-22 spot. Robbie Volder's heading to that same dangerous area, too. He He's not played impressive when given chances. Now, he hasn't been given very many chances. Uh, he's played almost no games at his natural position. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm, they haven't been successful U-22 signings. Logan and Dembe is the only one you can look at and oh, say, yeah, they've done I pretty love good. Logan. Logan is like a top player for me. And I can't believe no. we haven't even brought his name up this this podcast. Well, because he's sticking around. He's not going oh, anywhere. Yeah, okay. I love him. Okay, let's move on. We've done way too much podcast and we still have several other topics to hit. So we're going to go a little quick on these other ones and get you out of here. We'll see how quickly we can actually go. Let's talk about those pitch black award ceremony. We got the season ending awards for Sporting KC. I'll run down the list. MVP, Alan Polito, offensive player of the year eric tommy defensive player of the year jake davis jfd uh jake francis davis is that what the f stands for i'm not sure are they saying uh, jfd really people have are you not saying seen that? that there was even a tifo uh-uh. somebody did it they painted a no. tifo of jfd oh. jfd and jfr running up the right side of the attack JF- jfd <laughs> just doesn't have the same flow as jfr uh, you you shut your mouth and don't talk bad about <laughs> jake davis i uh, love jake new- davis too <laughs> i'm just saying it just doesn't flow off the tip of my tongue yeah. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> newcomer of the year was Danny Rosero. Goal of the year was Eric Tommy against the Portland Timbers. That screamer from outside the box, a .019 expected goal because he started from so far out. And then save of the year, Tim Milia. That crazy save against Minnesota. Man, we're going to timely need one of those again, potentially this weekend in Decision Day. I will tell you, not to toot my own horn, but I got four out of six of those right. The only ones I missed on, and this was my own fault to a certain extent, is I put Polito down for MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I knew they wouldn't give the the same, like, both offensive-sounding awards to Polito, but He's a better offensive player than Eric Tommy. Tommy does have a ton of assists, though, to his credit. He's he's gotten going as the season went on. And newcomer of the year, Sheena, you're going to be stunned to find out that I picked Nemanja Radoya to win newcomer of the of year. Of course you did. That's... <laughs> All right. What did, what did, do you remember who you voted for? I know we both voted for Jake Davis for defensive player of the yeah. year. Yeah, Jake Davis for defensive player of the year. I think I did Polito for offensive. Tommy wasn't uh, – to me, there was nobody even close – than Polito, so Tommy wasn't even MVP? a consideration. Did you give MVP? There was a <sighs> campaign for everybody to vote for Jake Davis for MVP, but I, I did not do I, that. You know, I can't remember who I did. I really wanted to put Remy in there somewhere, and I can't remember uh, if I did <laughs> it as MVP. I don't think I did because I was like, he's not going to do it. But then I was like, because he's not going to do it, maybe I should do it. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember who I did for MVP. Uh, Jake Davis, obviously, I did. What other ones? I didn't do the goals and I didn't do any of the goal ones. And then I believe you told me Rosero is who you gave newcomer of the year to, right? I believe so, yeah. Or I may have done Jake Davis again. I can't remember. But Rosero seems right. But Jake Davis is not a newcomer. He's been on this team for years. Oh, oh then never mind. It must have been Rosero. 
<laughs> Super fan over here uh, knows just when Jake was signed and this how long is he's why been on I'm the a casual and... fan. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, you know, I said Felipe Hernandez, the only guy that played for the twos and came to the first team. Jake Davis did that too. He was on a, yeah. I think they call it a two and two deal. He signed a two year deal with the twos and then he came up on a two year guaranteed deal. Well, there's options in there for the uh, the first team. So, okay, let's Wait, hold talk on. about the other awards. Oh, one more thing. We didn't talk about Felipe Hernandez, but I want to see more of him next season. That's all. All right. I'm glad you got that in. Okay. The other <laughs> awards that we did not get to vote for that were selected by Sporting KC, uh, Golden Boot. Nobody selects that. That's just who scores the most goals. Alan Polito was given it already, even though Daniel Shalloway is just seven goals away from tying oh him. Gosh. I'm sure he's going to score seven against Minnesota United. Uh, <laughs> the Neil and Jeannie Patterson, Humanitarian of the Year, Went to Graham Zusi. I heard of he got a little emotional during his speech. Yeah, he's Aww. a great human, obviously, even though I just decided to cut him today. Sorry. I know, Graham. you sure. Still love you. Still love you. I'm just cold-blooded. He does cold so gotta... much work with Children's Mercy. He's always at the hospital with the kids. I love it. I think Kyrie was the humanitarian of the year last year. Doesn't mean Rem- I want to keep him on the team. Sorry. Remember when we thought he was getting humanitarian of the the year because they were going to cut him and they wanted to leave him on a good yeah, note. we were way wrong on that, weren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sporting KC2 MVP, Lucas Rosa, right back. You don't see that very often. The 25, now 26-year-old rookie. Uh, really like Rosa, fan of him. The Bob Gansler Academy Player of the Year went to Natty Clark, who spent much of the year playing for SKC2 at left back. So there's another left back pro- uh, prospect. A smaller guy, but like is like a the muscle hamster. Remember that muscle hamster name they gave to a couple NFL players had that as like a nickname. No, no you're looking at me like I'm an insane person. <laughs> all right, and then the last one, the Sporting Club Network Member of the Year. So there's all these like youth clubs. Sporting Wichita over in Kansas picked up that award. Sheena, any thoughts on any of those awards before we get on and give the current very few minutes since we're running out of time? I just feel like they should have given Logan and Dembe an award for something. They should, they need to create a hustle award to the player who hustles the most on the field that is my suggestion for next year they need to come up with the hustler award the jacob the answer peterson hustler award yeah somebody who's consistently you know hustling on the field and being in the right spots now would i go with remy or would i go with logan and dembe because to me they are two of the hardest working people when they're on the field in terms of being Uh, everywhere who are you kidding? You're going to go with Remy. What are we talking about? You <laughs> named your foster dog that you're giving away after. Well, him. who's to say I won't name one? I won't name the next one Logan. It's possible. All right. That's, a, that's a good shout. Oh, we do have a dog named Haley for a very uh, specific KC current player, <laughs> Haley Mace. All right. Let's talk about those KC current ladies. They wrapped up their NWSL season with literally nothing to play for except for to play spoilers against New Jersey, New York guys. Gotham, it honestly looked like it was going to be the worst game. They gave up two goals almost immediately. I tweeted out, uh, they're just playing for a higher draft pick. They're not trying to win this game. And then, man, what the heck? They came back and they scored twice. Uh, A world-class goal from Alexa Spanstra. Holy my goodness, that was just beautiful stuff. And then 
they forced an own goal. They had a few other moments too, where they could have scored. Aidy French had a few really, really big saves that she came up with to to stone Gotham and keep them out of it. But uh, it ended up being a wild game, ended two two. And honestly, I think that's for the best. They came back. They had a strong performance end it, and they didn't climb any further up the standings. So Chicago Red Stars were behind them coming in. The Red Stars got pounded in their game so it wouldn't have mattered if the current lost because they weren't going to end up being in last place and getting the third pick they'll pick fourth overall next year behind both expansion teams and chicago sheena you had the game on in the background while i believe you're making soup uh any (laughs) thoughts on the game i don't have any thoughts because while i had the game on i had it muted and i was listening to my cooking music which is john mayer or jack johnson but i think it was john mayer while i was making soup last night so I saw two of the goals, but I don't even remember which two. I think it was one for each team. I don't remember. I don't really have any yeah. thoughts on this. Yeah, and Yasmin Ryan scored the second goal for Gotham, and it was really nice. Like, she dribbled the whole defense. The The defense consisted of uh, Elizabeth Ball and Lauren from Brazil uh, playing together for the very first time. And there was little moments of where Lauren was kind of struggling. She's still only 21. She's got a really promising future. Uh, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about, and I feel really bad shortchanging the ladies like this, but their season's over, and we're kind of turning towards the offseason with them. They had literally their worst injury slash availability report of the year. Listen to this. Sina Balasek, Vanessa DiBernardo, Hannah Glass, Morgan Gautreaux, Cece Kaiser, Sam Mewis, Gabrielle Robinson, Desiree Scott, Mallory Weber, Haley Mace, Jenna Weinbrenner. That's insanely long, that list. Two excused absences in there. Kaiser, I believe, was at her brother's wedding, and I don't know where Balasek was at. But then... You have, you know, one, two, three, four concussions between DiBernardo, Gatro, Mace, and Weinbrenner. Like, what is going on? COVID protocols for Gabby Robinson. Obviously, some of these players have been out for a really long time. Of those players mentioned, Hannah Glass never played a minute. Sam Mewis never played a minute. Desiree Scott never played a minute. What a mess. What a mess this team was injury-wise. And obviously, if they could stay healthy next year, that's going to go a long way to them being successful, no matter who ends up being the coach, where we've already had a lot of discussions about that. So that, that was really all I had from the game. I don't think I realized how many people were missing. So it's actually pretty remarkable, I would say, that they tied the game. Another piece of the, the game you didn't talk about was that Trinity Rodman got red carded. So well, that wasn't from that game. So that's probably why I didn't talk about it. Oh, what game was that? It was another game. This was decision day. So all the games were going on at the same time. She plays for the Washington Spirit. Oh, this whole time I thought Gotham was <laughs> playing down a man. A lady. Oh, oh. Wow. wow. I know. Okay. Casual yeah. perspective, y'all. Casual. Casual. Every okay, time you're but- like, Sheena is not casual. <laughs> She's extra but casual on the current. I feel like Allie Krieger, that was her last game. Allie Krieger, that was her retirement game. So, well, yeah. not no, though, because they made the playoffs. So she's got at least one oh, more game. But uh, it, it could have season. been her retirement game. Yeah. Yes, it's her last regular season game yeah. ever. And um, it, the Gotham, actually, they had everything to play for. They were, I think, fourth coming into the game. And because they tied, they fell all the way to six. So they, they didn't yeah, make that's... the playoffs. They're the last team. So they gave up a home game. And they were playing at home against the 11th place eliminated Casey Current. And they couldn't get it done. So credit to the Current for not giving up. I was even saying before the game, considering how many players are missing, this is a pretty decent lineup. Like, they had a pretty strong lineup out there. So 
we'll do fantasy sporting director for the KC Current here in the coming weeks, depending on what happens with this playoff uh, decision day situation for sporting. That might change our schedule slightly. Uh, the the NWSL seems to go a long time between talking about uh, the season ending and then other stuff happening. So I imagine they'll switch their focus to the playoffs and we won't hear many roster moves. But maybe the current will announce a coach because I don't know why you wouldn't at this point. Let's get a permanent coach hired. Announce Vladko. If you're keeping Caroline Werbloom, do that. Like, just make a decision. Let's get on. Yeah, it's weird. Wait, just because we're talking about NWSL, did you see Sydney LaRue's crazy goal yesterday? Bicycle kick. Yeah, really nice. Angel City. Four four nothing over Portland. I don't know if Portland ever ended up scoring in that game, but it was, uh, it was, oh, it ended up being 5 1. Gosh, I turned away before it was even over. 5 1. What a game. Chad, you probably haven't seen this, but I follow Sydney LaRue on Instagram and let she me guess made... because her kids are adorable and you know, <laughs> take a shot everybody okay continue uh her kids are adorable and hilarious but she posted this video today where last summer she was teaching her son how to do a bicycle kick and it was like I think a year ago exactly is this a video of her teaching him uh, or I guess it was a year ago from yesterday and then it shows her or goal doing this. it's Monday right now she and I oh I know shoot time yeah is a flat circle and you don't know now, what's happening but because <laughs> we usually record on Sunday, so I'm thrown off. But anyways, but the video is her teaching her son how to bicycle kick, and then it pans to her doing the bicycle kick yesterday. It's a really cool video. So follow Sydney cool. LaRue, and you can see that cool video. All right. And her kids are crawling, funny. Y'all. Digital crawl. Let's do this thing. Okay. Gadi Kinda, he had gotten called up for international duty. Uh, he did not get to play because Israel had their games canceled. Obviously, a pretty awful situation going on in the Middle East over there. Hope that, um, honestly, it, I don't want to get into the, the politics of it all. But to me, it's like there's so many innocent people on both sides getting hurt. And what's yeah. that? That's what really sucks. The the politics of these these terrorist organizations and these governments that are doing bombings. And ugh, it just makes me feel kind of gross. So um, yeah. hope that everybody stays safe as much as possible. And obviously I hope it's his a, family a big... and stuff's okay. I was asking you if anyone's asked him, but I don't think yeah, anyone I don't has. Know. I haven't had a chance to talk to him. There's media availability tomorrow and it's a possibility. But I imagine they won't put him out there for, you know, yeah. Very reason, so he doesn't have to Oh, talk I hope this family's okay. That, ugh. yeah, I hope so too. Um, so in other digital, happier digital crawl news, <laughs> the USA U23s this is the team that will play in the Olympics. Uh, they have John Poolskamp and Jean Luc Abuzio playing for him. They beat Mexico two to one in Phoenix, Arizona over the weekend. Buzio was the captain, so congrats to Buzio there being the captain. Pools Camp didn't play. Um, I said last week, I really hope they qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, they already qualified. I probably should have like looked up that before I said that. Uh, they'll play again in the coming days, and you guys can check them out. Uh, the MLS 22 under 22 list was announced, and you will not be surprised to know that no sporting Kansas City players made the list. Jake Davis was snubbed. Ugh. So rude. rude. FC Dallas. Yeah, they won for the third straight year. This year, Alan Velasco is their player after Ricardo Pepe and Jesus Ferreira got it in the last couple of years. Before that, three years in a row, and Dallas might still get knocked out of the playoffs. So their youth development 
It's making them a lot of money, but other than that. And Austin FC2 will play the Columbus Crew 2 in the MLS Next Pro Finals this weekend. I only mention it because, well, I want to give MLS Next Pro a little love. And also, Austin are the team that eliminated SKC2. So I think by soccer math, SKC2 would have been in the finals had Benny not oh chose to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> and then the San Diego Wave, I mentioned the Portland Thorns losing. The San Diego Wave won the NWSL show just their second year ever and they have the best record in the league they pulled it off on the last day of the season they needed help and man angel city their fellow expansion side helped them out beating the tar at portland heading into the playoffs and uh, all three of those teams will be in the playoffs which start on friday uh speaking of what's coming up there's a few games you all should check out depending on how early in the week you're listening to this the u.s men's national team play ghana on tuesday october 17th at 7 30 p.m and that same day the u.s u23s with buzio and pools camp play japan on at 9 30 that same night on tuesday and then of course there, we probably should have previewed this game sporting kc face minnesota united on decision day saturday october 21st it's at children's mercy park it's at 8 p.m different time than usual all the games kick off at the same time Sporting you to win and get a little bit of help. Sheena, what do you want to add on? Chad, just I have two things. One, who do you think is going to win the game on Saturday? Between Sporting and Minnesota United? Yeah. You know, with the Sporting have beat Minnesota twice this year. So with our luck, knowing that we need to win and we just need one of these other teams to not win their game between uh, Portland, San Jose, and Dallas, it probably means one of those teams will not win, but then Sporting will not do their part and they'll blow it and they'll get eliminated. What do you think? I'm going to go for a win. They're going to be at home. It's the last game of the season. It's cus- uh, player customer appreciation night or fan, whatever. Fan appreciation fan. night. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Player customer appreciation <laughs> night. Yes, that, they should probably get their marketing tips from you, Sheena, and go that direction instead. Uh, you guys, All I right. don't have a marketing degree. But I have one other thing for you, Chad, just because you always say you're going to watch the U19s. They won yesterday 6-0 to zero, or over the weekend, I guess. I don't know what day they played. But they won All and right. the the U seventeens won seven to one, whoever they played. Dang. So Kick, yeah. kicking butt. You know, we're we're gonna be down at Swope Soccer Village this weekend. Uh, our daughter can't play in the game, obviously, but she's gonna be coaching and then the U fifteen to U Yeah, that's what coach said. Mm-hmm. She's gonna coach. So she's gonna oh help out. God. Well, they're not I think gonna he win. Was partially joking, <laughs> but yeah, he's not gonna let her coach the whole game. He's gonna let her like chi- chime in and stand there on her crutches. Okay. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> but anyways, the U fifteens and the U seventeens will be down there at the same time. So I might sneak away and go watch them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna I'm going to watch my kids' team. Okay. Mm. If you made it this far, this is probably the longest podcast ever. We did debate uh, every single player on the roster, basically, at one point or another. Uh, be sure to tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast. You don't, who knows what the podcast schedule is going to turn into? We're going to try to be consistent and do it every week, but who knows what this offseason holds. Every time we don't podcast, like last night at like 10 o'clock, Chad was like, Are we going to podcast? And I'm like, Dude, I'm tired. So, no, it wasn't 10 o'clock. It was okay. Not 10 it was like so 9 o'clock. It was nine o'clock, but you like your OCD was kicking in and like you hate that we had to record tonight. It's true. My OCD <laughs> does hate it. I, I want to be consistent. I want to let people to know where they can find us. But you know how you can know, y'all? 
go subscribe to the podcast and then it'll just pop up in your feed you know, wherever you get your podcasts uh, just search for the glory kc and uh it, while you're there if you're in spotify or apple Podcasts, you should rate and review and only give five stars if you don't give five stars uh that hurts us and then people won't see us in their search results just at me on twitter if you have some non five star uh constructive criticism to give me at play for 90 or if you would like to interact with the podcast or mostly sheena on social media it's at for the glory kc on instagram facebook twitter and threads you can email longer questions at for the glory kc at gmail.com and here is splitter conspiracy along with the casey cauldron to play us out take care everybody bye